0: Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field, here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, John McClain.
1: W- w- welcome, welcome, welcome to Utopia. Utopia. Um, John, let's start with the good, the win today and the effect on the standings, especially in light of some of the things going on here. Uh, you know, the, the, the Browns are about to lose and the Steelers lost earlier today. Today was a good day for the Texans overall, but you're... Initial thoughts, at least, on the game itself, the win over the Broncos today.
0: Could have been even
1: better if the Titans
0: hadn't blown that overtime game in Nashville. They were unbeaten in Nashville. They had a lead in overtime, and they let Gardner Minshew go straight down, throw the winning touchdown pass. So now the AFC South has turned out to be a lot better than people thought with the Texans and Colts at 7-5 by behind, behind the Jaguars. And the game today, seven victories, most Total combined total of the last two seasons, and uh, it was fun. That's that is eight consecutive games decided in the last 30 seconds, four of them with no time left on the clock. And today, ooh, they had nine seconds left,
1: yeah. Well, and John, uh, and and, and credit Jimmy Ward for coming up huge with the interception at the end, Derek Stingley Jr., with two huge picks in the second half. I'm sure their names are going to come up uh, a little bit later on when we do stock up and stock down on this thing. Um, but to me, yet another thing that jumps out, maybe I sound greedy because they are, you're right. They are seven and five. They've now won as many games this season with five games left in the season as they won in all of the previous two seasons combined with seven wins. But this was another win, John, where I'm like, man, if, if things just go a certain kind of way, or they just, you know, don't shoot themselves in the foot, this game never should have been this close. Some of it wasn't their fault. That was a horrible, horrible call. Uh, by the officials to call. Don't say anything else about it. Okay. Okay. Stock up, stock down. But this, the Texans left a lot of points on the field in the, independent of that in the first half, a lot of points left on the field. CJ Stroud missed a little, you know, kind of a, like a little looping screen to Andrew Beck down near the goal line. That could have been a touchdown, should have been a touchdown. And then um, missing John Mechie right at the end of the half uh, in the two-minute drill there at the end of the half. They score, if they, he hits Mechie, was wide open, which was really good to see um, that, that John Mechie, just John Mechie getting open at this point is really important because I know we're going to talk about Tank Dell. Mechie's going to get some more snaps here in the future. They hit that play right there. It's 20-3, to three, and it's curtains at halftime um, if they hit that play. So some missed opportunities. But as the Texans have done more often than not during this streak of these eight games that you're talking about, John, they find a way to win at the end of the game, and that is the really important thing in all this.
0: Um, Dalton Schultz didn't play. Reverend Jordan stepped up. Tank Dell didn't have a catch, and yet Stroud still threw for 274 yards. Yep. It's amazing. Noel Brown didn't have a catch. He had two two targets, one he dropped. Robert Woods played, didn't even have a target, and yet he threw for 274 yards. And it's amazing the way players step up, and they're really going to have to step up with Tank Dell out. And defensively, they made some bad plays and ended up making some great plays. I thought, sure, as you mentioned, you get to the 11 and the 20 and the 20 and you don't score touchdowns, I thought it was going to bite
1: them in the ass and it almost did. It almost did. Um, before we get into stock, excuse me, stock up, stock down, John, uh, the Tank L injury, boy, C.J. Stroud, I know you're at the press conferences after the game. I only got to hear the audio, so you actually got to see it. Um, Just listening to it and the long pauses from C.J. Stroud when he was asked about Tank Dell. I think anybody who listens to this podcast who's a Texan fan knows that those two are very close, very close friends. Um, Obviously have an an amazing connection on the field. And Tank Dell, forget about the rookie label, he's become an impact-wide receiver for this team. I think his absence probably factored in to some degree to their inability to move the football in the second half of this game. Or the only way they really did move the football throughout the game more often than not, it was just big chunk plays to Nico Collins, who had 190 of C.J. Stroud's 270 yards passing. Um, but this Tank Dell injury sounds like it's a broken leg. It'll be, that'll be it for the year for him. Um, how do how do the Texans uh, overcome? How do the Texans try to? I don't want to say replace Tank Dell because, as D'Amico Ryan said, you never replace Tank Dell. But how do they continue to maintain their productivity level without one of their best weapons? Yeah, he's
0: got a fractured fibula. He left to have surgery. He should be back in plenty of time for next season. And you still have Nico Collins, Noah Brown, Robert Woods, John Meche, uh Dalton Schultz, and now Brevin Jordan averaged 21 yards a catch. He had the best game of his career so they still have receivers and that's a credit to what Nick Casario did in the draft and and uh, they've overcome every injury there's only one player they can't afford to lose and I say that Davis Mills comes in for one pass he's two of two he's got a great rating <laughs> last week what is it, like one yard week, yeah. yes, one pass 18 yards so I've always thought if something did happen to Stroud, knock on wood, you know, Davis is really taken to Bobby Sloak and his offense. So as long as, as long as Stroud's healthy, this offense is capable of moving the ball, but man, did they stink it up again against running the ball. And I, I, I had so much hope for the running game.
1: Now, I don't even know why they run the ball. I'm with you, John. Like I, like at this point, what's the, wh- What's the point? I almost feel like, you know how you talk about, uh, you know, certain players. Like, we got to see what this guy does, whatever he does well, and that's what we're going to accentuate. You know, you do it a lot with rookie quarterbacks who maybe don't have the full capacity to ingest the playbook. Like, we'll find that eight or ten style of plays he does well, and we'll work around that. I Like, I feel <laughs> – I almost feel like Bobby Slug's at the point, like, okay, we need to find what this offensive line does well and then call plays for that. Cause I can tell you right now, the plays that don't work are anything where you're running between the tackles does not work. This was a bad run defense, John. I mean, Worst than talking, the NFL. yeah. I mean, we were talking in the pregame show, like, okay, maybe this will look like the Cincinnati game or the, uh, the Arizona game. Uh, and it, it looked like, it looked like neither. It looked like the Jacksonville game from last it week. Looked like it
0: looked like it it, it they get hit in the backfield. Um, uh, well, I've got a st- stock down. I'm going to save it. But uh, one of the things, they might as well. It's like the run and shoot they used to throw all the time, and the line went will always back up for passing. So the running backs get a 1,000 yards on draw plays because yeah. they were never ready because the, t- the offensive line was backing up. And that's almost to what they've become here because the running game. I don't know. Yeah, I keep saying they're not going to win. Hell, they're 7-5, and, and they've overcome yeah. so many things. That's a testimonial to D'Amico Ryans and his coaches.
1: Yeah, well, the only big play they had running the ball today, John, was on first and 25. Uh, you know, and, and the, the Broncos aren't lined up thinking they're going to run. Was that the
0: 22-yard game? Yes.
1: Yeah, they went from first and 25 to second and three.
0: You know, the best play of the game, two of them, Daria Goomba Wiley falling on that fumble. Yep. But when Brevin Jordan – I mean, uh, when – Stroud was rolling to his left and he was being chased oh. and he was and he was wasn't just being chased to the sideline he was being chased at an angle and he somehow threw a floater up to jordan it was a perfect pass. It was incredible it was incredible that was that may have been his john, most impressive throw of the year
1: it might have been john i had a buddy text me in the you know up in the press box i had a buddy who's watching the game at home rick who i know listens to the podcast he texted me he goes, You and Seth could do a whole segment on that throw to Brevin Jordan tomorrow. (laughs) Like, it was that remarkable. It was. It it shows up in the box score is probably like a 10 or 12-yard pass to Brevin Jordan. But, man, when you watch that like that, he is just special, man. Like, he is special, no doubt. Um, I keep worrying
0: the way they're protecting him right now, five sacks, and those guys don't get touched on blitzes, that somebody is going to hurt him. And when he goes out – Everybody's holding their breath. That's two times now that he's gone out to come right back, but it's just scary. you got to keep your fingers crossed and hold your breath because he's taking some shots.
1: He got up gimpy after one of them today. I'm not talking about the one he got taken out. That was after a QB sneak. Um, But he came up gimpy uh, after one of the plays. And he stayed in, and he was on a second down. He stayed in third down. They don't convert, and he came off the field. Um, but yeah, I'm, John, I'm with you. I it's, it feels like we're back to where we were in weeks one and two. Yeah he was taking a whole bunch of hits, and that's that's not good. They gotta figure that out.